What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Eddie Knight. Welcome back to another episode of the Nerdy Before It Was Cool podcast, where we talk TV and film, especially TV shows and films that have to do with comic book characters. If you're listening on release date, then that means this is Thursday, and Spider-Man No Way Home comes out tomorrow and i already have my tickets so for the talk about the mcu today we're going to be talking about spider-man no way home and the initial great reactions to the movie from critics when they got to see it on opening night as well as i'm gonna make a few theories about what's gonna happen in this movie and when i listen back tomorrow i'm gonna see if i was right or wrong after i see the movie and as for the dceu there's gonna be no dceu talk today guys i always talk about the dceu there is a lot going on but i'll save it for next episode this is gonna be strictly Spidey, man, so stay tuned. What's going on, y'all? I hope all is well with you, man. I missed last week of the pod. I was thinking that that was the first week, Mark, but I realized it was the second. So I'm going to make sure to put out two episodes in a row to make up for skipping a week. Yeah, like I said, man, I hope y'all have been doing all right. I have been doing well, man. I have been starting a new series of video essays on my YouTube channel by the same name, of nerdy before it was cool where i just talk about tv and film and movies from more of an aspect of the actual filmmaking and being a fan or not a fan of them so it's a little bit different than the basic dceu and mcu news that i do on the podcast but i also do some short clips and quick graphics of dc and mcu news on there as well so if you have enjoyed this podcast make sure you also go over to youtube and hit me up there you can follow me on there and check out my content by the same name, Nerdy B4. It was cool. That's B is in the letter B and the number four. But yeah, man, it's been a lot going on, man. I've been trying to sit down and watch all these movies and shows that I haven't watched yet. I finally just finished the last couple of episodes that I had of Loki. I'm rewatching Falcon and the Winter Soldier because the first time I watched it, I just did not enjoy it like everybody else. And it made me sad, man, because I was really anticipating that show. I guess I was just expecting something a little bit different. So I'm going to rewatch that with just managing my expectations and just going in from an aspect of just trying to enjoy whatever story they're trying to tell because it was some dope aspects of that show that I liked. I just didn't like the Captain America tone, but I do realize that was what they were going for. So yeah, I'm trying to rewatch that as well as I'm going to finally watch Shang-Chi. I was super excited about that movie, but I'm not going to lie, all the positive reception that it was getting, I was scared that I was not going to like it. And you know me, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm all for the creator. So I never, never want to go into a movie and not like it, even though that's just not how things work. You know what I mean? We always have things that we're going to like, things that we're not going to like, and that's just kind of how it is. You know, TV, film, music entertainment in general is just subjective so i'm finally gonna watch shang chi as well and then tomorrow when i watch spider-man no way home the only mcu thing that i will not have watched yet will be hawkeye i am so behind on hawkeye i have not even started hawkeye yet man and the main reason for that is it's just the holiday season man and every holidays i try to set a list of Halloween movies in October that I'm going to watch and then a list of Christmas movies in December that I'm going to watch. So add that to just all the new stuff coming out, man. It's just been really, really hard to keep up with, but I'm almost there and I'm almost caught up. And man, this episode of the podcast, I want to implement a new segment before I get into the main topics of the day. And that is movie, TV or comic book 
suggestions, man. I want to suggest something to you guys that I feel like you would like if you're a sci-fi or superhero content lover. And like I said, it may be a TV show, it may be a movie, or it may be a comic book. And today, it's going to be a TV show, man. And that show is The 4400. It's a CW show, and I know. I know when you hear CW, you get a little bit weary because you never know what's going to happen over there. All of the budgets seem a little bit lower than the regular Warner Brothers property stuff. But this show is really good. And although the budget isn't extremely high, they did use the budget very effectively. And I've enjoyed it so far, man. I haven't finished the first season yet. But basically, the concept of this show is... There's 4,400 people who were snatched from their perspective times. There's people all the way from the 30s on up to 2015. They're all snatched out of their perspective time periods by some event that I haven't got to yet. I haven't uh, finished the first season yet. But they're snatched out by this event and they're all dropped into 2021. And it's just 4,400 people who just randomly placed here in this random park. So not only are they hurt and confused because they literally like got dropped from the sky, but the government, the people around are super confused and they all get held up in these different locations while the government and while everyone is trying to figure out where the hell these people come from. They think that it's some mass hysteria type thing. At least the police officers do. But it's pretty clear that there's some conspiracy or something going on that is above their pay grade. I think it's a really great show, man. They use their budget very well. The writing has been really good. Some big emotional moments and payoff has happened already. And I haven't even finished the first season. And guess what, y'all? On top of them being sucked out of their perspective time period. So just getting that element. Some of them have started to notice that they've gained some supernatural abilities. So like I said, if you're a superhero fan, a comic book fan, comic book movie fan. I think you would really enjoy this show, man. It's pretty well done, especially for a CW show. I think it's one of the best shows on their network right now. So definitely go check that out. But anyways, let's go ahead and get into the first main topic of the day. So I've been doing my best to stay off the internet because Spider-Man No Way Home was just premiered for all of the critics and media the other night. So there have been people who have already put their reviews, although most of them being spoiler free. There's a lot of people that I follow and that I know to be huge Spider-Man fans, huge Tobey Maguire fans, or even huge Andrew Garfield fans and who think that Tom Holland Spider-Man is probably the weakest and if not the weakest their least favorite live action version of the character and even a lot of them have ranked this Spider-Man movie as their favorite Spider-Man movie over Spider-Man 2 over the amazing Spider-Man 1 over Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home they have this one as their number one and favorite Spider-Man live action movie even when they count in the Spider-Verse from Sony. So a lot of people are really loving and raving over this movie. It has a pretty high Rotten Tomatoes score already at 97 at this point, but I don't take Rotten Tomatoes scores to heart too personally, honestly, especially not this quickly. I mean, the movie just dropped. Uh, I'm assuming that most people say that it's the best Spider-Man film because there's probably gonna be a lot, and I mean a lot, of fan service in this movie, obviously with characters from the past Spider-Man. And I'm theorizing like everyone else that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are gonna pop up in this movie. But even if they don't, it already has so much going for it that it's probably gonna trick a lot of people into not even paying attention to the plot and just more so just appreciating everything Spider-Man going on on the screen. But regardless, I do hope it is a good movie. 
Before we get into any Spider-Man theories that are supposed to happen in the movie or supposed to happen after the movie, I want to talk about why I'm excited to see this movie first off. And before we get into the next topic, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Load Boost. And yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, for God's sakes, their tagline is come like a porn star. Load Boost is a supplement for men's sexual health that, among other things, increases semen volume, orgasm intensity, and increases ejaculation power. It just also generally makes orgasms feel better for men. So aside from helping you literally boost your load, Load Boost premium blend of active ingredients like pie saw, palamento, zinc, and other supporting nutrients is just formulated to improve prostate health and function. So it doesn't just make your sexual desires feel better. It's also packed with vitamins and minerals that are great for your prostate. And look guys, it is no shame at all in wanting a little extra boost. So if you want to boost your load today risk-free, try by going to loadboost.com. And you can use the promo code EDDIE. 10 to get a nice little discount off your first order. That is Eddie 10, E-D-D-I-E 1-0, Eddie 10. Use that promo code on www.lowboost.com today. All right, back to the pot. Me personally, I'm excited to see this movie because it's going to bring everything back home for Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man as a character, but my least favorite Spider-Man stories are the ones that feel like he's off protecting and trying to save the world. Um, his name is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And it's just something about the attachment with Spider-Man character and New York that when you take that away, he just becomes a little bit less interesting and, and, and not in his philosophies or not in, in anything that he has to do. I, I guess the word is not less interesting, but more of he just becomes less intimate and less personal and he doesn't have that personal connection. Why so many people love and just are infatuated with Spider-Man is because he's like the everyday man. You know what I mean? The whole fact that literally anybody could have been bitten by that spider. So when you put him on this large end game and civil war scale, it just, for me, it just loses a lot of that personal emotion and touch that comes naturally with the Spider-Man character. Uh, so the reason why I'm so excited about this is because he's back home, he's back in New York, and I think that alone is just gonna make this feel so much more like Spider-Man. And there's a lot of millennials and Gen Z who feel like this iteration of Spider-Man is the worst and weakest because he doesn't have any real problems, they say, and also they don't like that he's so tied to Iron Man. Obviously, you know, his Iron Boy Jr. nickname has stuck a lot because of that reason. And a lot of people just don't feel he's a good Spider-Man, not because of anything Tom Holland does, but just because how he was written to be basically the Iron Man protege, as well as not seemingly having as much financial struggles and issues as the previous two Spider-Men have had live action. And although I don't necessarily agree with those people that that makes him a worse Spider-Man, I do think it does make make him a little bit less relatable to those people who may struggle with those type of issues and who had a affliction or affection for the previous two Uncle Ben's. Uh, I love the Tobey Maguire movies, but what they kind of don't realize is like Uncle Ben wasn't really like that in the comics. He was more like he was in the Amazing Spider-Man, you know, so I don't think he's as integral to the story. So I don't necessarily agree with that take, uh, but I do understand the being so tied to Iron Man take. So with this movie, 
I'm hoping there's no mention of Iron Man. I'm hoping that this is like a Spider-Man movie. So Tom Holland can really get the love and appreciation he deserves because he's a really good actor, man. He's a really good actor who brings a lot of like youthful exuberance to the role as well as a lot of emotion to the role, man. So I really hope that this movie is as good as people say so he can really start to get his flowers as Spider-Man. All right, so now you know why I am excited to see this movie. Let's go ahead and get into some of the Spider-Man theories that I think have a little bit of validity or at least have a little bit of probability that could happen in this movie. Obviously, I'm recording this a few days before seeing the movie, so we'll see if I'm right or wrong after I watch it Friday. Let's go ahead and get into the big one, the main one that everybody thinks is going to happen. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up in this movie i think it is probable of about 50 percent half of me thinks like okay if they're going to be in the movie why not show them in the trailer that's going to guarantee to sell way more tickets then i think about a surprise factor what if they don't show them in the trailer and they let people just think that they're going to be in the movie and then everybody is surprised and shocked when one if not both of them pop up in this movie so a lot of people are banking on that just out of anticipation so even though i think that if they are in the movie they should have been shown in the final trailer i can understand reasoning behind if they are in it not showing them especially if they're only in it for like you know five or six minutes that would make sense because if they were shown in the trailer and then they were only in it for five or six minutes i would feel a little bit cheated and i would feel like they only showed them just to sell more tickets. So I kind of see both sides on that one. And I look at the probability being about 50-50 for that to happen. Next theory is that a different version of Iron Man is going to be someone that comes through the portal to see Peter, Tom Holland's Peter. And this version obviously isn't going to know who Peter is or even know who Spider-Man is. And he's going to be crushed by that. And that one is a little far-fetched. Like when we get into that, we're talking about the plot and an aspect of a whole different type of movie here. I don't think that's going to be the case. If they do, I feel like they're just milking RDJ and people's longing for him to be back in the MCU. I hope that does not happen, and I don't think that's very probable to happen. I'd say like 10% chance that that happens, because they know, like Sony knows people's perception of this Spider-Man being that a large point of the population does not like how heavily he is tied to Iron Man. So I do not think that is going to happen. I give that theory a probability of like 10%. Next theory is that only Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is going to be able to show up because Peter Parker from the OG universe, aka the Raimi verse, is actually dead in his universe. Kind of similar to how the OG Spider-Man died in the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Um, that one I think is an interesting theory and I'm going to give that 65% chance probability because it would make a lot of sense from a real life, you know, like in our world standpoint, Tobey Maguire has had a lot of struggles over the years. He hasn't been casted in a movie in a very long time. He went down a pretty, uh, bad streak of uh, alcoholism and gambling and things like that. And although I think he does now have his act together, I can understand the MCU. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter what the MCU thinks because, you know, Sony owns Spider-Man. People kind of tend to forget that. I think Sony may could possibly see him as a risk. So I could see why they wouldn't have him in the movie. And he's also been known to ask for pretty high payments for roles. So, um, yeah, I could see that being 
a possibility. I'll say 65% probability of that. That would be interesting and kind of cool to see, but although I would, if I'm going to see a Spider-Man in a movie, I would love to see Tobey Maguire pop up. But regardless, man, if either one of these dudes, Andrew or Toby, pops up, I would like to see them both get a proper send-off. Each of their series of Spider-Man movies each were cut too short. Neither of them got to finish their series when they actually and when the directors actually wanted to finish them. So there was a lot unsaid in each of those series. And I just hope they get a proper send off, man. That would be really dope to see, especially it would be full circle seeing how they both have villains appearing in this movie. Like, can you imagine this movie ending with Toby paying it forward for what his best friend Norman Osborn did for him in Spider-Man 3 and sacrificing himself to save Tom Holland Spider-Man and also for Andrew Garfield Spider-Man we know he lost his Gwen Stacy because he did not time his web properly and she fell to her demise and hit her head and died what if Andrew Garfield pops up when MJ is falling and he's the one who saves MJ basically kind of giving himself like a redemption for not being able to save Gwen Stacy in his universe y'all if that happens bro I'm dead ass probably shedding a tear. And I haven't cried in a movie since I was like five when I saw Queen Latifah sacrifice herself and get a thousand bullets shot in her and freaking set it off in the 90s. So if that happens, definitely might shed a tear. But anyways, let's get into the last theory. So the last theory has something to do with the movie as well as what is going to happen after the movie. So if you did not know, back in the 90s, DC and Marvel were basically flip-flop. DC was the king of the superhero film universe with all the successful Superman movies. Then you have Batman 89 as well as Batman Returns and even the campy uh, Joel Schumacher universe of Batman movies were all pretty successful movies. Marvel was struggling to get their film universe off the ground or even just have a successful Marvel film. So they ended up selling off all the rights for a lot of their characters like X-Men and also Spider-Man. So Sony owns all of the film rights for Spider-Man and eventually they worked out a deal around like 2010 or 11 to get some of the TV rights for Spider-Man. So they made, you know, cartoons like the ultimate Spider-Man and things like that. And they were building their animated Spider-Man universe. And it wasn't up until around 2015 and then 2016, where we finally saw Spider-Man in Civil War in the MCU, they had worked out like a three film deal where Spider-Man could be used in some MCU films, but they still own the rights of the character that he was just going to be able to be used over in the MCU. They were basically kind of setting the foundation for the multiverse then. But basically when Marvel sold Sony the movie rights back in the day, they put in this very sneaky and very smart clause. It stated basically if a Spider-Man movie isn't made every four to five years, then they have to give the rights back over to Marvel. That's why we got the Amazing Spider-Man series so abruptly after Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man run. Because Spider-Man is the moneymaker for Sony and they didn't want to lose him. So Andrew Garfield kind of got put in a really horrible situation as well as all the directors and makers of those Amazing Spider-Man movies. So yeah, basically ever since Tom Holland's Spider-Man was introduced in the MCU, he's been fairly popular. So obviously the MCU wanted to keep him in there as long as possible. So they've been trying to come up with some mutually beneficial agreement, but they just haven't been able to agree. They've been going back and forth and back 
back and forth for years now, and Kevin Feige was about through with it. He was very much so just going to not put Spider-Man in any more MCU movies, and when asked about how they were going to write him out, he just said they weren't going to use him for any more movies. But I think they're trying to work things out still, so I hope they do, but then again, you know, who knows? Maybe he needs to revert back to Sony, and that is the last theory, that in this movie, he's going to get blipped to another universe. Maybe someone dies and he can't take it. So the theory is he's going to get blipped to another universe, which is going to be back over into the Sony-verse where nobody knows who he is, nobody's found out his identity, and then Sony will just obtain the future rights to Spider-Man and there'll be no more Spider-Man in the MCU. Because Sony is building their universe, they have Morbius, they have the Venom movies, and we know that Venom is going to appear in a Spider-Man movie because that's Venom and Spider-Man, that's just how it is. As well as the ending credit scene in Venom 2 showed Spider-Man and Venom now being in the same universe so i think that's what's gonna happen i think that probability is going to be like 75 percent. it's not 100 percent sure and we're all just guessing and theorizing but i think that that theory has a lot of facts and a lot of evidence to back it up but anyways that's gonna be the end of the episode today i'm gonna check into this tomorrow after i watch the movie and see if any of my predictions were correct Feel free to hit me up over at YouTube, Nerdy Before It Was Cool, just like it's spelled here on the podcast. Also, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram by the same name, man. It's your boy, Eddie Knight, and I'm out.